support for this episode is provided by Argenta Nutrition. Located in North Little Rock, this locally owned spot is continuing to help you stay healthy even during quarantine. Now offering curbside service as well as deliveries in the North Little Rock and surrounding areas. Looking for a customized meal plan? They got that too. They've even got customized virtual workouts to help you burn off all that pent up energy you have from social distancing on your couch. Give Alicia a call at 501-508-9991 or follow them on Facebook by searching Argenta Nutrition. Welcome, everybody, to Around the Diamond. This is Steve, your host, and uh, joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Kevin Bohannon. And we have the pleasure of also being joined this week by the head coach of UCA Baseball, Coach Allen Gum. How are you, Coach Gum? I'm doing all right. How about you, though? Oh, I can't complain other than uh, just uh, suffering from the sheer boredom that I think most everybody else is, unless you're a, uh, an essential employee. And then uh, I guess you've got plenty on your plenty on your plate right yeah. now. <laughs> you bet they do. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, how how's things over in your world right now with uh with baby and, and mama? Doing good. Ba- baby's starting to get used to sleeping during the night and not the daytime. Uh mama's recovering. She's figuring out that she's gotta go back to work in about five weeks. She is essential. She's in the medical field. But uh yeah, we're we're getting it figured out hopefully. Uh, Coach Gum, I saw you uh, had some video with your young and out uh taking B P the other day. That looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, he was just in the garage, and we kind of put the garage down where if he he's got to hit low line drives or doesn't get out of the garage. So, and uh, just got a bucket full of foam balls and just hit them in the garage. So what we've been doing, playing catch in the backyard. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of coaches and hitting instructors across the state and across the region were like, "This is what you can do during downtime," and it was you know went, went real well. Uh, and very well received out there. So yeah, that was awesome to see. Who uh, was we it? appreciate having. Yeah. So, ahead, so I was gonna say, who was the major league player that I should have looked this up? That was on social media hitting like in front of the. He had the had the net and everything set up in front of the window of his condo. Like it was obviously a big. Joey huge. Gallo. Yeah, 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 that was awesome. That was good. <laughs> yep, Coach Gun, we appreciate you. You know, having us on. You know, it's a tough time, especially spring sports have all shut down and everything. But we wanted to get your thoughts on the NCAA ruling that came down, how it affects, you know, schools nationwide, but how it affects the UCA Bears specifically with the roster that you have and everything. So I know the SOAC committee, the Student Action Committee, came out right before the ruling came down and gave their thoughts and recommendations on how everything and hopefully that the presidents and everybody would vote. So what do you think about the ruling itself? I'm glad. I'm I'm very thankful the the ruling give everybody another year. I mean, we're barely into our season. And then, they, you know, that's what everybody thought it was going to be. And then there was some steam about just moving on. I was nervous about that. And then, then they talked about not allowing the, uh, just the seniors get another year and nobody else. And I thought, well, that's, that's not going to be good. And, and the ruling's good. Uh, there's no question. Uh, I would hate to know my last year 
you know, 15 to 18 games in, season over, and that's it. No postseason or anything. So I think it's the right ruling. It, there's going to be some adjustments everybody's going to have to make. It's going to be tough on budgets and different things like that. So everybody's going to have to get creative and, and be a, probably a lot more substance and style and uh, just manage the money well and try to, you know, travel is going to be big on that also. But but I'm very thankful so that our seniors get to come back, the ones that are going to come back and, and get to finish out their career. Yeah, let's talk about those seniors. You got twelve on the roster right now, and a, another young man that we'll talk about in a little bit, Gavin Stone, that's got the chance to be drafted real early. Talk about those twelve seniors and how that's going to play an impact. We know that it won't count against the roster size or the scholarship limits, but how is that going to work with you, Coach Harlan, Coach Cunningham, and how you go about putting your roster together for twenty twenty one? Well, our whole goal is keep our our whole roster plus the incoming freshmen coming in. And uh, the way we operate, the way we do things, I, it'll work well. And the culture that our guys that were our seniors that are coming back, uh, they're just great leaders and, and they, they want to help. So I think our roster is going to be a little bit b- bigger. I think we're prepared for it. Our coaches are. And uh, some of the players, there might be, have to be a little bit more patience on their side of it. There's no question about that. But uh, we're trying to keep everybody – and not lose anybody, and, and I think we've got a good plan to be able to do that. Do you gonna, think it impact? Go ahead, Steve. Well, I was going to say, I was going to ask real quick, have you have you had a chance to speak to any of your incoming freshmen as far as what their thoughts on how that roster makeup is going to go? Yeah, we've talked to every one of them, talked to them. Uh, uh, we stay in communication with them quite a bit, actually. And uh, also now they've got the Zoom apps and stuff like that. We've talked to all of them at once. And uh, we can do some things like that and just tell them, hey, listen, uh, we want it. We don't want to lose anybody. We're not going to pull any offers. I've never pulled a fresh, you know, a guy that we've offered. I've never pulled an offer from a freshman coming in uh, in my whole career, and I don't want to start now. So uh, uh, I've wanted to. <laughs> There's a couple I thought about, but I haven't done it. So, and I think it's going to manage itself, and we're going to be able to work it work it out as far as that. But so far, they're all in. There are some concerns there, but it's a great group of guys that. And a lot of them are Arkansas kids that want to stay together and play together. And, and uh, I think we're going to be able to do that. And uh, I know because of our coaches coaches and our administration and different things like that, we'll be able to do it. So, like I said, it may cost a couple of guys to have to be a little bit more patient on the front end, but I think it'll pay off in the long run. And I have to ask, the Iowa State came out today and said that they were decreasing salaries and no bonuses, incentives and how that's going to affect and trickle down across the nation. That's a Big 12 school saying that. So how do you think that impacts a school like UCA and other schools in the Southland Conference that didn't get the distribution of NCAA dollars? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one way uh, I I think it's going to trickle down to a certain point. uh, Some way, hopefully, we'll be able to do it with budget, do different things like that to really – uh, to help with that as far as that goes, but there's always that chance. And then if there's not football played in the fall, then then there's probably going to be a lot more of that across the country. Yeah, that's a scary yeah. thought to think about with the fact that, you know, you start thinking about, um, you know, football and, and the potential of it not being played and obviously the moneymaker there. So it will be really interesting to see how that starts to affect, especially some of these, I mean, really all universities, but even the smaller Division One programs. Yeah, so far for us, I think so far that Dr. Teague's done a great job and, 
and we're prepared. We are taking a hit, just like everybody else. But uh, all the coaches on staff are working together to to minimize that so we don't lose coaches or we don't lose a sport or we don't lose anything like that. I know everybody's working really hard to do the best they can and to, to lower their budget and to help with costs. And speaking of the budgets and costs, how is the recruiting affected right now? I know the NCAA just extended the dead period. So how is that, is that affecting the guys you're recruiting? Not that you just have signed now, but your 21 and 22 prospects. How is that affecting it? Well, uh, this is one of these areas. We don't jump out there too far on recruiting anyway. So, okay. you know, we don't get too far out there. Uh, one thing with Coach Cunningham, Coach Harlan doing such a good job recruiting, and really we're bringing in a, more freshmen than we ever have. And we really like this group. We think there's got a couple arms in there that are going to be like Gavin Stone. We feel like there's just a couple of guys that uh, – just kind of went under the radar who we think are going to be tremendous division one baseballs, several of them. I mean, a lot of them, I think they're just going to really be the, the future of our program. And so for us, we feel like we've got so many freshmen coming in. There wasn't a whole lot of recruiting. We're going to be able to do anyway for the next class, as far as signing a bunch of kids and, and different things like that. So uh, I think we're fortunate. It's one of those years we had a big recruiting class that, it's not going to impact us like it might other programs. But on the other hand, we don't jump too far out there anyway. We're patient. We wait. And we're always looking for the right fit and not trying to sign guys too early anyway. So you were talking about the recruiting the recruiting standpoint, and I had another question on that because I've had some folks ask that I'm close to as far as I think Kevin and I talked a little bit about this last week in terms of some of the high school kids coming up. But is there any advice that you can give to, you know, current maybe juniors um, that, you know, may not have or I guess at this point won't have the the uh, you know, they don't have a high school season for this for this year right now and really won't have potentially a lot of summer opportunities and who knows where fall opportunities will exist as well. But what is you know, what what advice can you give some of those guys right now, especially to help um, them kind of get noticed at this point when they don't really have an opportunity to get noticed again right now? Right now they're 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 right. They're not uh, they're not being seen as far as that. But nobody's on the road, and uh, so it's it, what's going to happen is there'll be plenty of opportunities as soon as this thing opens back up and a lot of different people get to see them. Just don't panic. You know, it'll be – it's going to kind of draw it back to what – back when I played when when you didn't know where he was going to go till your – I didn't know where I was going to go till American Legion was over after my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, it'll, it'll just draw it back to kind of like what recruiting was, you know, 10 or 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It'll just be a little bit later. But there'll still be plenty of opportunities. Just don't panic and, and – uh, and, worry about that because coaches will get there as soon as it's just like everything else as soon as they get a chance to open up they'll be hitting the road and and getting to see a lot of guys so it is it's just it's just holding back just a little bit but they still have plenty of time just not to panic it'll work it'll work itself out do you think that'll allow for a little bit more parity like getting back to the way recruiting was back in the late 80s or late 90s like i came out in 99 and my March of my senior year is when I committed. So, do you think it's better for baseball if we get back to that? I think uh, on my end, for sure. You know, we're not we're, because we're not out there recruiting so far out in advance. And uh, so, on our side of it, you bet. I mean, that would be nice, and the parity would be better, be more regionally as far as that goes. Also, so um, 
I hope so. I hope that's kind of for our our sake, and I think it's a it's better anyway. My opinion, I, I see these young men signing or committing so early, and then things sometimes don't work out where they committed as a ninth grader or as a tenth grader. We've already moved on, maybe somewhere else. We've already moved on to something else, and it kind of always leaves them hanging. So it might work out better uh, for in the long run for everybody. I like that. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we talked about this too some last week as far as the opportunities that may arise for other guys and and something that came out last week. I'm curious your thoughts on um, on the NAI's decision to kind of be, I guess, the test uh, organization for this new uh, for the likeness thing before this really gets rolled out to the into all of you know NCAA athletics. But what are your thoughts on the NAI's decision to adopt that now? Uh, tell me what they're doing right now. I, I, honestly, I don't know exactly what they are doing. Yeah, so you know the the division or NCAA has you know battled back and forth with allowing players to profit from their likeness, and now NAIA um, decided last week to pass that legisl- legislation to allow players to uh, uh, to profit or to, to you know to, to to make money off of their likeness. Oh heck, I don't know. I'd, <laughs> I'd have to think about that a little bit. I hadn't thought about it at all. So. I'm not too sure about that. So <laughs> that's all I can say on that one. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, we had, we had to get a surprise question in there. Because <laughs> let's talk about you know how the season was going. You took two or three down at Southeastern, who traditionally is a really good team in the Southland Conference, and about the seasons that uh, Gavin Stone, Connor Williams, uh, and your leadoff hitter were having this season. Yeah, no, we, we felt good about it. We were, you know, played a really, really tough non-conference schedule. Um, played three games against Missouri State, three games against Southern Miss. We only won one out of those series, but very tough competition. Split with Memphis, which they're, they were really good this year. So we felt good about our team. And then the first weekend, you know, Southeast Louisiana has always won two or three in our league. And we take two out of three from them. And, uh, and honestly, just let the third one get away from us. So we, we, and we left there or as at our place, but we knew we were better than them. And that, that was a big confidence builder. We just knew we were better. And uh, we felt good about that just going down. And, and we, you know, last year we were one game away from winning the league overall and then one game away from winning the conference tournament also. And a lot of those guys back and just had a lot of momentum going and felt good about our team. And, of course, when you had uh, Gavin Stone and you had Noah Cameron, our uh, left-handed and sophomore, um, those guys going Friday and Saturday and then Connor Williams on the back end. We just had a lot of confidence going into the conference season. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And we talked about those guys during our preseason preview and how guys like Mark Moyer, who, you know, may get another year now for Muscleville. And it just a, a group that was really gel at the right time. And we talked about how you never back down from playing any power five schools because that's going to get you ready to compete later on in the year. So with a bigger roster and a more could be more talented roster next year because you just add talent to what you already have that, you know, you can make a really deep run next year. I know you're looking forward to that. Right, right. And I, I think the, the guys coming back and then the freshmen coming in, I think there's going to be a tremendous compliment with those guys. And like I said, I'm, what I like about our seniors that come back is their culture and what they'll show the uh, younger players. And the younger players we have have tremendous culture also. So, And then everybody mixed in between. I think there's just going to be really, really good good compliment. We may lose Gavin to the draft. 
And uh, honestly, I hope for him. I hope he because I think they're going five rounds, and it sounds like he's got a really, really good shot at going in the top five rounds. And uh, and then also Connor Emmett, our leadoff hitter. There's a chance if they go further rounds, I think there's there could be a chance for that also. So, uh, but uh, but I do like the guys that are the guys coming back. The culture's good, and the guys coming in, the culture's good. And uh, so I think it could be a really good compliment. You do you know, think I, they need to keep? Keep the draft at like twenty rounds, moving into the future, and not forty. Oh heck no! Hey, I, <laughs> I wish they'd go back to nine. I, I tell I tell our players when I when I was playing, there's ninety rounds. I still couldn't get drafted with ninety rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was a good play. player. So no, I wish I wish they'd go more so our guys get a chance to play baseball longer. That's that's my thought on it for sure. But I hope they never go less than forty. So. You know, because you just never know. Guys get a chance to go, and and uh, you know they get to continue their dream to play play baseball. So I had a question about that when it comes to especially Gavin, a guy that, you know, I was really excited to get to come out. This has been my first year to uh, to really get to cover UCA and, and some other, you know, some of the other smaller D1 schools in the state and was really, really looking forward to, to getting to see him. But a question, and I don't know how much conversations you've had with him and how much, you, you, you know, you're comfortable or would want to share. But one question that I had from the financial aspect of that is it's been talked about, and I guess I guess it's been passed, that, um, that the, you know, the, the bonus structure will be obviously much different this year with those guys only able to take 10% up front. And then that spreads out to, you know, the next two years to get the other 90% left over. Do you know if that's going to play any impact in a guy like Gavin and his decision to come back? Um, especially since he gets that extra year anyway, when he comes back. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, we've talked a lot. It's not really on that. Um, as far as if, you know, if that was the case, as far as him coming back, he, he, one thing you did mention, if you know something doesn't happen, he doesn't get drafted in those rounds, he'll be more than happy to come back. He just and because uh, he loves his teammates and uh, he loves he loves University of Central Arkansas and it shows every day when he comes out and plays in practice and everything like that. So I don't know that'll be a decision for him and his parents to make on if that's the route they want to go. And um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he decided to stay. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes. So he's a very level-headed young man and and uh, he takes one day at a time and has a slow heart rate that's why he's good on the mound also so i, I don't know exactly what it'll do on that that's awesome well coach gum hey i know it's taking out time out of your schedule to talk with us and a lot of good information that we can get out to our listeners and we we did miss being out there watching y'all on the diamond your teams are always a lot of fun to watch and, you know, I appreciate you coming on with us tonight, and uh, we'll hopefully get you back on in the future. Oh, you bet. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. So uh, I really enjoy getting to talk about our team and our program, and and uh, appreciate the opportunity to get to do that. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Coach. You bet. We, we hope to get you on again uh, in, in the future for sure to talk about next year's team as well. So we cer- certainly appreciate it, and, and go Bears. You bet. Anytime. You bet. Thank you.
Support for this episode of Around the Diamond is provided by Arkansas Car Clinic. Arkansas Car Clinic is a locally owned business located in Benton, Arkansas. Mike and his team do it all and at a fraction of the cost and time of the big body shops. Their goal is to keep you and your vehicle happy and looking great. Whether it's minor scratches, dents, or you hit one of those huge Arkansas bucks, Arkansas Car Clinic is your go-to locally owned shop. They also handle windshield replacement, spray and bed liners, auto detailing, or if you're like me and find every drive throughs curb, they handle wheel repairs as well. Give Mike a call at 501-575-6357 to get your vehicle back to that like new condition. back everybody to around the diamond man uh really enjoyed having coach gum with us this week that was that was pretty awesome uh appreciate him and and his insight kind of on what's going on at uh kind of the small smaller division one levels as as we're again in unprecedented times right now everybody's dealing with something new so good to get that perspective from uh, from coach gum and uca yeah coach gum is always a really good interview really bright intelligent uh, coach and is really has his pulse on what's going on in college athletics, not just in the state, but around the region. He's very well respected in the coaching community. And as we know, the coaching fraternity is really tight and he's always very giving with his time. So it's really awesome to have him on. And I hope we get to have him on in the future as well. Yeah, no doubt. So you brought up some stuff earlier that I, that you know that we both found interesting, but um, some of these unseen impacts of these canceled seasons and some of these schools. And um, you were talking about um, you know the tweet that came out from Iowa State uh, earlier today, and um, and some of the things that they're doing, and and really wanted to kind of get you know pick your brain and, and we get some ideas here and, and let people know. I mean, you know, this is this is this could become a a, a huge financial disaster for some of these smaller programs and even some of the larger programs as, as it's being shown with Iowa state right now. Yeah. And we're not talking about the sec or the big 10 that have billion dollar contracts with TV contracts or Notre Dame with their NBC contract, Texas with the Longhorn network, or maybe Oklahoma who's always in the, in the black. They're hardly ever in the red. They're a very profitable school. But when you get, major power five conference teams like Iowa state that's already announcing budget cuts and they're not going to pay their coaches the same. They're taking away bonuses and incentives for the next year. And you think of it like this, Arkansas as a government, as a whole uh, governor, Asa Hutchinson said, look, we have a budget shortfall right now. We've got to find ways to replace that because they moved tax day back to July 15th. So they're not expecting that revenue to come in. It's the same for NCAA athletics. If they don't have revenue coming in, they can't get it out to their member schools or the teams within a college. So if we're not in the doomsday scenario is not having football, because if we don't have football at the NCAA level, they, there won't be any sport for the 2020 and 21 season. That's what we're looking at, but hopefully we can get out of that. But the big thing to look at, Steve, is another thing is the NCAA 
hands out money every year to its member schools. And they had budgeted $600 million to hand out to their schools. And if you look at, let's say, roughly 300 schools, that's $2 million a school, okay? And if we they, – they reduced that to $225 million. So there's a lot of schools that were banking on getting that money that they're just stuck now. And it's funny because they had a cancellation policy for all of their events. And that only paid two hundred seventy million, which they have to pay towards the line of credit now. <laughs> so the money they were going to get for the cancellation, they're already having to give back towards something they had already borrowed. So they're having to rob Peter to pay Paul, and that's kind of the problem we're in right now. Is there's not going to be enough money to go around, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't think people really recognize the impact because because we I think we all sit and and just think oh well these universities are are, are swimming in money and because you hear about the numbers you know I mean even Arkansas released earlier this year that you know one of the few baseball programs that operates in the black and so um, you know it it's I think people are going to be taken by surprise when they really start seeing just how many struggles some of these programs are gonna are gonna find and um, you know something that I found that I thought about when you brought that up that was interesting to me you know the insurance policy is i wonder if there's a is there some sort of protection for universities that they can take out you know maybe maybe there will be in the future if there's not now but you know a protection for this some sort of insurance policy for them i would bet lloyd's of london big insurance carrier would come up with a policy like it now the premiums on it might be really high but schools will pay that you know hazard or natural disaster insurance if something like that happens to where they can recoup some of the money i mean if the ncaa has it for events that are canceled by natural disaster or anything else they're getting to recoup some of their money so i bet i bet it will be something that happens now and it's just going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out coach gum had already talked about i believe earlier today on the buzz how they were already adjusting their budget that they may play double headers and four game sets on the weekend, play a double header on Saturday and a double header on Sunday. So it cuts down on travel days and playing more locally, playing Oral Roberts out of Tulsa, Memphis, who they played this year, UALR, which is right down I 40. And so it's going to look a lot different next year. There may not be the big tournaments preseason tournaments like Arkansas went to this year down in Houston. They're supposed to go to the new Arlington ballpark next year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how all this unfolds. And we're just getting information by the week. So stay tuned with us and, you know, make sure you subscribe and we'll make sure and get that information out to you as quick as we can. Yeah, I mean, and no doubt. I mean, and and you think about it. I mean, if if the college programs are having this issue, and 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 again, something that most people don't think about. And this is just, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of I'm digging the rabbit hole a little deeper and, and and thinking as we go here. But you know, you start thinking about Title IX implications, and and if certain sports can't you know can't exist, and what happens after that if if money you know starts drying up in different places, and and so, uh, but also at the high school level. I mean, we think about the budget shortfalls of, of the state like you were talking about and, and those kind of things but you know those things will trickle down to even high school athletics as well and, and their ability to to continue to you know to have the budget to to do this as well yeah and we saw that how professional athletics are handling this situation 
and how they're going to be able to pay their players. So, like you said, it trickles down. It starts at the professional level. We really think those guys are swimming in money because you have $300 million payroll. <laughs> so, but guess what? If you don't have money coming in from licensing, advertising, and that's really big TV contracts, you can't put games on TV, so you can't get advertising money, which I know a little bit about because I'm in that industry. So when those wells start start drying up, that's when you really start ha- having to tap into the reserves and players don't get paid. I was real happy about – I was excited about to see that they're going to pay minor league ball players $400 a week up until May 30th, and that was awesome to see. Yeah, I saw that. And, and I mean, you think about that too from the major league perspective when you start thinking about um, – you know, we talked about that with Coach Gum and, and the fact that these guys, you know, they're only going to get 10% up front of their bonus money. And and what people don't realize, I think unless you're – unless you really understand baseball and you really understand how the, the minor league systems work, it's not like when these guys sign this contract and get that nice big bonus – that they just walk into some, you know, big mansion of a clubhouse and fly on, fly on private jets and make a bunch of money, you know, these guys, if, if in a lot of a lot of instances, are slumming it for a few years before they make it, if they ever make it big. So, you know, for a guy, you know, we asked about Gavin Stone, but even you think about, you know, anybody that could be drafted in these top, these top five rounds. The bonus pool didn't get increased like they had anticipated this year. And then you're talking about only paying guys 10% of their bonus on the front end. You know, so that's, you got to believe that that's going to impact decisions because, you know, do I want to go and just get that 10% and then after taxes, I'm I'm getting much less. And that's the money that I got to really kind of figure out how to live on for the next couple of years. That's right. And let's break this down real world for just a minute. Adley Rutschman probably signed I think he signed for eight point seven million. Let's call it nine million just to round up. So ten percent of that's gonna be nine hundred thousand dollars. After taxes, ten percent to your agent, and that's being generous. You're gonna be pulling in right about four hundred, four hundred and fifty thousand. So you mean to tell me the number one pick in the draft for the twenty twenty major league baseball draft is gonna do it for four hundred thousand dollars? I just, it's just hard to wrap my mind around. Yeah. And especially when you think they've got another season and I think you and I've talked about this a little bit, but you think about, I mean, with the unknowns of the future, it seems interesting to me to think what could happen with guys. I know that, you know, Casey Opitz is a, is a prime example of a guy that talked about that a little bit this week and um, in, 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 in some press conference in the interviews that they had earlier in that, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to do at this point, but I mean, you think about that. What happens next year, um, you know, if there's not much, you know, if they can't really recover from a financial standpoint, you know, what happens next year? So, you know, is does it make more sense to wait a year, you know, and, and at least get to play in a little more luxury uh, style setup like Bomb Stadium and in and, and those clubhouses and along around the SEC and, and travel better as, as well. So, um, I mean, I know that, you know, we, we don't think about that. We just think that these guys are going into into millions of dollars but at the end of the day you know who knows what's going to happen with with the way these funds are going to be dispersed in the future too yeah and we talk about nfl and talking to a couple agents they want to get their client to their second contract think of hunter henry for just a second he got drafted top the second round so that automatically reduces his 
free agency by a year. So he got into free agency quicker than some of the first round draft picks did. So he ended up getting franchise tagged this year. So for like a day, he was the highest paid tight end in the NFL. So think it, you can think of it like that to where these guys don't really make their money that they can live on for years while they're playing until they get into that and especially get to the major leagues because you're making pennies up until that point. You may make $2,000, $2,500 a month uh, on the high end in double AA, A, triple A ball, and you don't get to those good six figures and seven figures until you get to the majors. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, you mentioned earlier too, one more thing that, uh, you know, with the potential of a, only a five round draft and, um, you know, there's been talk of a 10 or a five, but if it goes beyond five, that from five to 10, that you would, uh, you'd only get 20,000 max cap on bonus money would be 20 grand. I mean, that's, that's 2000 bucks that these guys get in a bonus check. So yeah. you, you got, <laughs> and that's not going to pay hardly anything. So yeah, like you get to send some money back home to mom and dad and say, thanks for getting me to this point. <laughs> and live off Raymond Noodles for a while with uh, three other guys in a one-bedroom apartment. Without a doubt, man. It, it again, it's going to be interesting, and a lot of things that people, you know, we don't see, we don't think about, and just a casual fan doesn't really understand. So, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how things play out over the next uh, over the next few few months and, and really a few years, because you know you think about the the aspects of the you know, from the Division One level and the extra year and resetting, you know, basically setting the clock back for one extra year for everybody how that handles how that does with roster limits and the, the the players and and different things and and also you know we talked about it last week with with freshmen coming in you know i think you had shared something on social media on twitter the other day talking about you know the three conversations that coaches are going to be having with some of these players and that you know your studs well come on you, we got the money you know but then you're going to have the guys that are going to be like hey we may not have room for you or the guys that hey we're going to send you to juco for a year then we'll come recruit you again yeah and the kids that are home right now, they don't have a facility to go work out. They don't have a field to go work out. They're going to find out how much they want to play this game and how hard it is because some of these minor league guys, when they're, road, when they're on the road, they're picking up boulders. They're carrying stuff to stay in shape because they don't have traveling weight rooms with them. So they're getting to learn that really quick and to find out who has a work ethic, who doesn't, and it's going to hit them really really hard in the mouth once it comes this fall and you're out there with 60 guys yeah absolutely man it's again like we said it's going to be interesting to see how things play out so um looking forward to it i mean you know it's going to be fun to follow and like like you said stick here and and uh and and we'll we'll you know pass along as much information as we can and try to be as in-depth with it so it's a little more easier easier to understand and and uh and and hopefully entertain you along the way but uh definitely a lot to think about as we continue to go forward yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun going down the stretch. Hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, we'll have some information on the draft, the actual number of rounds, when it's going to be, and looking at uh, the players from Arkansas in-state as far as high school players, the Arkansas Razorbacks that have a chance, and, of course, guys like Gavin Stone from UCA. So, yeah, make sure you're staying with us, and we'll make sure and get that information out to you. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we we look forward to spotlighting some, you know, some other some other programs, coaches, and players. So, um, you know, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And uh, as you said before, share and leave us a review and some comments and, uh, and let us know what you want to hear. 
Well, man, it's been a fun one, and uh, I appreciate you joining me, and I appreciate Coach Gum joining us tonight. And, uh, man, until next week, find you a place in the backyard or, or in a field with uh, six feet apart and uh, play some ball and have some fun and at least try to enjoy the Arkansas weather that we're going to have. That's right. Make sure you get out, play some catch, hit some wiffle balls up against the wall. Doesn't matter. Just get out, be active, play some ball, and have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Not gonna have much to do. I think you know uh, the the state parks are about to get shut down as well. So um, you're gonna have to get outside in your front or backyard. So enjoy it. That's, that's right. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again, and uh, again, thanks to Coach Gum, and uh, we look forward to, to to being back with you guys next week. See you, Steve. All right, man. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.